I'm Aria Schwartz. And I'm Rachel Gallagher. And welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. It feels like just a few days ago, the Aces were crowned the WNBA champions. But that doesn't stop other teams from preparing for the 2023 season. The LA Sparks grabbed Kurt Miller from the Connecticut Sun to lead the LA Sparks as the next head coach. Let's dive in. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking to get tickets look no further thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the 2021 WNBA champion chicago sky Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Winsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases. Not just the WNBA, the NFL, the NBA, or any other event that sells tickets. They got you covered without those pesky fees. And if you want to see another way to support Winsider, we have tons of affiliate programs uh, with different companies that make amazing WNBA merchandise, and those will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Windsider Show. We're back. It's Rachel Galligan. It's R.A. Schwartz. And L.A. now has a new head coach, Kurt Miller, the famed, the lord, the the well-respected, the scary head coach. I mean, what, what are the superlatives we can use to describe Kurt Miller um, besides hoping that he brings back uh, his his flair for cool outfits on the sidelines. I just want to go on record and say I called this from the start. Did I not? You called this months ago. Part of me was wanted to really like go back to that first playback, that first podcast, that first uh, tweet that you maybe put out and just, you know, bring the receipts out for people. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's cool to see it actually come to fruition. Um, I'm, not, I'm really thankful that the first domino's fallen. You know, we're here. It's, it's in October, too. And we're talking about the LA Sparks. I mean, we have painfully watched this franchise decline um, rapidly the last couple of years. So I think for me, I'm just excited to have a proven winner, um, a veteran head coach in that position. And now, you know, kind of get a chance to retool this roster and see what it looks like. Yeah, well, real quick, real quick, let's run down uh, the history of Kurt Miller. Um, I'm not going to go into his college stuff. You, you can do that if you want, Rachel. He was an assistant coach in L.A. Uh, under Brian Agler, and then moved on over to the Connecticut Sun in 2016. He led the Connecticut Sun from 2016 to 2022. Uh, highly impressive seven-year run, right? Two finals appearances in 2019 and 2022. He had an overall record of 136 and 86. Um, and he had Coach of the Year honors in 2017 and last year. In, or I guess two years ago at this point in 2021. Um, I mean, look, I, I don't think it's any secret that both you and I are fans of his work, uh, think he's one of the top coaches in this league. Um, and for me personally, a, a lot of it came from, I didn't know much about him or who he was when he took over in Connecticut. But after that first season, I was really impressed. Uh, I kept putting money down. I mean, I, I've lost track of how many times I was like, 
people are sleeping on Connecticut. People are sleeping on Connecticut. They're going to be a top team. They're going to be a top team. Uh, a few years later, they were a top team going to the finals, a perennial semifinals slash top uh, seeded team coming into the playoffs. Really impressive of what Kurt Miller has done. And now he's returning back to LA, um, a place where this roster, I mean, you described what's been going on recently there, the Derek Fisher recession, as the, some would call it, as a, a modern day take. Um, but it's it's an exciting time, right? They don't have much people on the roster. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, he is a a very powerful leader. Um, I'm curious, why, why don't you break down, Rachel, uh, put your coaching glasses on. How would you, to somebody who's never seen a Kurt Miller basketball team play, how would you describe the type of basketball he likes to play? You know, I think when it comes to Kurt, <clears throat> you know, so much basketball experience from the start. You've got thir- over 30 years of coaching experience, um, you know, at, at various levels. Um, and I think when it comes down to, I respect him so much as a college coach. Anyone who wants to go do that research, you know, it's extremely impressive what he was able to do at Bowling Green and then um, you know, his, his long tenure as an assistant. We, we, you know, we've all seen the pictures of him in the Tom Collin days and Becky Hammond at Colorado State, but very experienced from um, the collegiate level and then how that has transferred over to the WNBA. Um, he's such a basketball mind, and I think Kurt is phenomenal at building. He can build a roster. He knows how to formulate the correct pieces of that puzzle that fit with one another. Um, he knows what it takes you know, to, to, to be successful on both ends of the floor. Now, obviously people might, might push back on me a little bit about that. We've seen Connecticut, I would say historically, obviously defensively, that was always something that very much a Kurt Miller team is going to hang their hat on their, their ability to be tough and gritty uh, and to read on the basketball and, and be disciplined in those ways, I think has always been um, a really intricate part of what he does. You know what a, what a Kurt Miller coach team does, but also too, like we talked about that building piece. Like <clears throat> what I've always been impressed with is, again, across the board, you do the research, go back, look at some of those teams, how he would put together a roster that was successful enough to to be dominant. Now the Connecticut Sun, everybody wants to come at, oh he can't get it done, he's washed. Oh the WNBA just recycling the same coaches. That's absolutely ridiculous, and I'll go on record right now. Just think it's completely ignorant to say that. First off, the man's been in the league for eight years. It took Mike Tebow, Dan Hughes, 17 years to win their first championship. The stars have to align. You have to have so much success to advance through the playoffs, to have your health, to have the right calls go your way, to be able to win a championship. And look how close we saw Connecticut do it without without key players every single season. He literally made it to the finals this year without a point guard. So for me, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, this guy is really, he, he's jerry-rigging this team any way that he possibly can to help them have the success that they're trying to reach any way he can. That is a credit to his ability to coach. Um, I do think that in coaching, there comes waves and there comes periods of time where You've got to be really strategic in your moves, and you've got to know when to get off that wave and when, when, when it's time for a new chapter. And I think what, what had gone on in Connecticut was extremely fun to watch. It was extremely successful. Um, obviously, they didn't get a championship, but it's kind of like you got the sense that, okay, this, this, this little core that they had built, again, built with a, 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 an idea of a championship in mind, and they came so close 
however many factors came into play as, as to why they didn't reach it. For me, I think it's, it's health and not being able to fully have everyone that you designed this team to be out on the court together, but that's just my opinion. Um, so I think that now I'm just excited to kind of see this, this fresh start. And when it comes to the LA Sparks, they needed someone who is a proven winner, who is a proven builder. And that is what a, the strength of Kurt Miller is. He can do both of those things because it is a clean slate. Like you said, we'll get into kind of the, the, the roster or yeah, the roster makeup and who, who you know, who, who's, who's a free agent, all those sorts of things here in a minute. But you know, it's an opportunity to to go to one of the perennial teams in the league to be in a destination spot and to kind of put your, your fingerprint on it from the start because you'll be able to make those roster moves. But back to your original question, Kurt is he's a builder and you know he, he's gonna buckle down defensively. I think I would be excited to see because of the hindrances of the last couple of years in Connecticut, you know, more of the offensive firepower that I know he he's about as well. So um just one of the most elite basketball minds, X's and O's. Um, and honest to God, in my opinion, one of the most hard, hardworking individuals in the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. You talk to Kurt about what makes this team special. And so often it always comes back down to, uh, to, to well, to, to, to tape, right? Like they talk about it so often, how the condensed seasons impact the way that he coaches because he focuses – so much on game planning against teams yeah. looking at tape things like that yeah, i mean I, I i second everything that that you said about him and i think when you look at his history he's the perfect match for a place like la a place where like you said they need a winner they need they need someone who has proven it um at this level that they can get things done uh that they can be successful um but also that they can build right like and that's part of being a college coach um and that's part of being a gm in the w and now he's not GM, but he will have a lot of say in that, that in was, LA. But that I think was point. I think that's going to be my next question: is who's working um, alongside Kurt as GM and being able to have that good, healthy relationship where, you know, you go from being a <clears throat> true builder and having complete control to now you're making those decisions alongside somebody else. That's going to be a really key dynamic in this. I'll be interested to see who LA decides to target. Yeah, and 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 I'll I'll build off that and I'll say it in my opinion, like look, ha- being the, the head coach and GM has its positives, it also has its negatives. Um and one of the negatives that I think can sometimes be a little bit underrated and I've talked to you about this before off record um or off air I should say, but like sometimes a coach is trying to build a roster that in their mind they envision it to be perfect. And when they're the GM, if they can get that roster together, great. Like they see the vision, cool, it works. But sometimes it's helpful to have that other GM voice to say, I see what you're saying, but I, th-, you know, give that different perspective, that different opinion. Um, and I think to a degree, to some element, maybe it can be helpful in this situation um, to have him a little bit less worried or focused on, I mean, you look at some of the best coaches in this league and I would say historically, um, I don't want them to be GM. Now, look, we can lurk, look at James Wade of recent, right. And the success that he's been able to build. Yes, that, that is a, a positive aspect of it. Um, but I also look at, you know, Cheryl Reeve, who we also know is a top coach. I look at, uh, Becky, who is a top coach in this league and is not the GM. I think we've seen a lot of success. It can really work. I always think back to a conversation I had, Uh, with Brian Agler many years ago, asking him like, okay, you won a championship as a GM, you won a championship uh, as not a GM, like how, what, you know, 
which is better, which is worse. And it was basically like, look, end of the day, it's not about which is better, which is worse. It's just, can you be true to yourself? And can you be a, a, a good work relationship with whoever the GM is? Because you need to be on the same page with them. So I think it's, it's very, very interesting um, to kind of see, okay, maybe it's good to have some checks and balances uh, in regards to, you know, not being the GM and having somebody else be in that position to kind of mm-hmm. guide you through it or, or give you some pushback and, and maybe give a different perspective on why you need a little bit more in, in this position or w- whatever it is. Um, should we look at this LA roster real quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. So th- this is the crazy part is <laughs> I know NECA said that she's coming back. She's an unrestricted free agent. Christy Tolliver uh, has said that she, from my understanding, last I heard, she's not retiring. She's an unrestricted free agent. Right now, on this roster, um, and and I know for fans it can get a little confusing because WNBA teams love to promote their players uh, well into the offseason, even if they're completely unrestricted free agents. So it can get a little confusing because I know, um, you know, Brittany Sykes is all over the social media of the LA Spark. Shanae Gumake and Kurt Miller met up and had a recent post. All of them are, are free agents. So is Jordan Canada. The only people who are currently on roster, Kennedy Carter and Katie Lou Samuelson, and then Jasmine Walker, Ray Burrell, uh, and Olivia Nelson Adota. Now, Walker, Burrell, and Adota are all uh, unsecured, unprotected, whatever term you want to use on rookie scale contracts. And you got Kennedy Carter and Katie Lou. Uh, who are protected uh, for the 2023 season. They have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of space. And they they really have a lot of a lot of flexibility to, to build a team that you want, right? Like you have a shooter with Katie Lou. You have a superstar in Kennedy Carter. And I think one thing that we have seen, I'm not going to compare personalities, but we all know Kennedy Carter, there's been a lot of, mystery I'll, I'll say smog around her in the sense of like i'm not gonna sit here and judge her one way or the other i haven't been i wasn't in the the quote-unquote altercation that happened when she was in atlanta i was not in the locker room with la um at whatever happened with her and fred that caused her to basically be benched for multiple games or, or get like insulting amounts of minutes for multiple games what i will say is that beyond one of the things we haven't talked about with Kurt Miller's in, in regard to Kurt Miller is his ability to manage people and different personalities. Um, you look at the Connecticut sun over the year, over, you know, his tenure there, and you see such a wide variety of different personalities and different people that I think I have a lot of faith in his ability to get the good out of Kennedy Carter. That's going to be an interesting dynamic, you know, <clears throat> I mean, just across the board, I, I, I would love to hit a point where we get to see Kennedy Carter truly thrive in this league. Um, I agree with you. I think that Kurt has a really good ability to manage um, personalities and different personalities on a team. So that's going to be really, you know, we'll see. I'm <laughs> looking at this roster and I'm looking at some of the names and, and you obviously have some reunions here with Shamay and um, maybe even Lexi Brown, who's also an unrestricted free agent, but you know, we're going to be in this position six months from now and it's going to look a hell of a lot different that's for damn sure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i'm really in, it'll be it's going to be really interesting you know we went from kind of all eyes on la last year in the free agency because we knew they had to kind of go with a, a hail mary <laughs> they did <clears throat> it was very much a hail mary and now all eyes are going to be on la again and just kind of the the vision that uh, 
that the, the, the Kurt Miller era has for it. So um, <clears throat> I agree. I mean, I, I hope, I hope it works out well. I hope it's a good dynamic between the pair of Carter and, and Miller um, because obviously the, the talent that, that, that Carter has is phenomenal. And so, like I said, I mean, I, I hope that we can pull that out of her. Is this the take that Arya will finally regret? I don't know. I don't know what um, to think about it right now. I don't know. I haven't honestly. I hadn't even thought about it, and now I am, and I'm like, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just one of those situations where I feel like, I don't know. I mean, it, look, it's a gamble, right? Like, I I think when it comes to Kenny Carter, it's you need, like, again, from a wildly distant, not in the loop perspective. I think it's a situation where you just need the right fit at head coach who can get, and and like, I think that's honestly a a situation for a lot of players, right? Like that's the job of the head coach is to get the best out of the players. Um, And I think, you know, worst case scenario, if she's still on this roster with Kurt Miller, I think we're at least going to see a fair amount um, of minutes where we'll at least get to like have a better understanding of who she is as a player. Now I know a lot of people will be like, we know who she is as a player. Yeah. But like only so much because you look at the amount of minutes, like she's been in the league for what, three years now um, and played like barely a full season. You know what I mean? So like when I look at that minutes wise, whatever, there's still a lot of questions in my mind. I know she has those flashes. Um, What do you think? Final thought. What do you think this means for, I don't even know how to put this, but like, what do you think the outlook for this next year, two years, five years? Because in my perspective, like a lot of people are going to look at this and go, well, Kurt Miller is a, you know, well-respected, was in Connecticut, had that really good team. I expect LA to be competing for a championship this coming year. From my perspective, I would push back on that and say, needs to build a roster. And then the following year, we can start talking about what real realistic expectations are. But I think at least we know that this team is going to be um, on the ship in the right direction on the show, whatever the phrase is, you know what I mean. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think that it's completely reasonable the way the the roster makeup currently stands and then the potential offseason moves you can make. I think it's completely reasonable to expect this team to be upper middle of the pack, at least, just because I think you're going to put those right pieces together. You're going to have those franchise players that, you know, have experience and, and are used to them getting the ball in their hands and making plays. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't think that <laughs> – sitting here and saying, oh, they should be a – I think that they're a playoff team. Um, I think that they're going to be, you know, upper middle of the pack. But it's it's a stepping stone year, in my opinion. There's no way – there's no way that Kurt Miller takes over this team and they miss the playoffs. I just I just don't see it happening. So, but I also don't see them being in, in contention. So You also don't see a roster <laughs> right yeah, now, right? Like, I'm, you know I'm what I mean? Like, we're, we're sitting here but, trying to see – But I'm going on the potential of, you know, just – the current makeup of the team and who I think, you know, could potentially remain the moves that there is the flexibility to make. Um, and the fact that it's LA and it's always going to attract top level free agents. We're not talking about Connecticut here. <laughs> We're talking about a destination city. And, and I think that now you've got, it's going to be an exciting free agency. That's for damn sure. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, give, give, give this team, give this roster a year under their belt playing together. And then I think it's just going to be, on a steady trajectory for the next couple of years, then we're looking at contention within year three, maybe, maybe even year two, but definitely year three. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, we could talk on this forever. We could talk about, you know, leaving Connecticut. That, that's for different episodes. We just wanted to do an episode talking about 
from the LA perspective about this breaking news. Two things I want to touch on. One, on the 30th, my son turns one. Very excited about that. Shout out to Augustus. Happy birthday. And two, um, at some point during this college season, we're going to let the season kind of kick in. Rachel, I know you're excited for this. If you enjoy watching the WNBA or women's college basketball, come hang out with the Windsider team on playback. It's a fun new way. I'm sure you've heard this pitch before. It's a fun new way to watch WNBA and college basketball, or we're going to do some overseas also uh, with your friends. It's a lot of fun. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash Windsider. Basically, you watch the game. There's little bubbles with Rachel and I on the screen. The chat's fun. We do giveaways of uh, vintage WNBA merchandise, and uh, it's a good way to kind of get Rachel's and other people's perspective um, on these top college players before they enter the draft, before they join the league, and heck, maybe even a few years before they're even draft eligible. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know Rachel's excited to watch a very confused REA watch uh, a lot of college basketball. You're so excited. You finally got me to watch college. You'll be fine. (laughs) All right. We'll be back next time. I'm sure there'll be some new breaking news for us to break down and other stories to discuss. Until then, this has been the Windsider Show. Have a great day.